to stop booking around. I'm John Cronshaw. I'm Russell Evans. I gave Russ the task of working out who his ideal reader is. One thing that's important, I think, for authors, and I think a lot of authors do miss this out, is we need to know who we're writing for so we don't write self-indulgent crap. Mm-hmm. So how did you find the exercise? I was like, who's this for specific and who's this for in general? So I, I started off general and I thought about the age range and I thought about my protagonist and you know her age is never really fully given, but it's obvious that she's probably in her sort of early to mid 20s but she's not a particularly mature character. She's not like a young go-getter or anything like that. Someone on the sort of the cusp of what we'd consider maybe like proper maturity or adulthood where they're responsible and they're working and this and that, whatever. Mid-teens to sort of early 20s, I was thinking is the age for the target audience. So it's um, firmly within the kind of young adult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're going to write it for someone, a type of person I also thought about as well. And... You know, because the main character in some ways is going to be a exploration of anxiety and depression, but in an almost abstract way because of her environment and how her her issues sort of externalize themselves in somewhat beyond her control. And I know, you know, things like depression and anxiety are on the rise. And I think there are a lot of people out there at a young age who are feeling the effects and don't know how to take control of their lives all they see is how what they do sort of has a negative impact on themselves and others and you know sort of along with depression and such like that you often get ideas of low self-worth and i wanted dora to be emblematic of, of that journey and that struggle obviously though in a sort of crazy undead fantasy world instead though just you know a little bit of levity so we've got well obviously fantasy fans to start with and from what i can gather about your story i think we're talking at the almost like the philip pullman kind of style yeah it's not purely going to be a young adult book is it it's it's going to be able to work with different age groups i feel if we reference philip pullman's books his books contain dozens of characters from different like ages and different backgrounds and they're all written well and they can all be identified with i feel by people maybe in similar situations and of those ages and so it's going to have concepts in it that are maybe older and more mature than the target audience, but I think that they are ideas that anybody of a, of a reasonable age can look at and identify with. So we're kind of looking at maybe a female reader, yeah, maybe with issues or things to do with mental illness. We've got the fantasy element. Yeah, obviously the age is coming into adulthood. Yeah. You know, you've got a few different things there that are useful to aim at. I think that's really useful. Do you think it's useful now to almost have that picture in your head of this is the person I'm writing for? I do. I think it could also be a bit of a rod for my back if I'm not careful, because even though the story is aimed at that type of person, I'm loath to say it, but that demographic, I feel like it's a somewhat demeaning word. I don't want it to just be written for that person either. Like. The hardest thing is to sort of know when to inject something that I want to inject because I feel like, you know, or it's a good bit of writing or it's a good set piece or or good bit of dialogue. I don't want to narrow the horizon so much so that it's like, okay, so what would this 18 to 25-year-old female reader want to happen in this scene? Mm. It's don't give people what they want (laughs) because I don't necessarily always want it to be an easy read and I don't want the protagonist to necessarily be perfect because I don't also want to paint 
people with mental health problems as perfect or beyond criticism or question. I want it to be empowering for people, but not in a general way, not in, in an almost childlike way of sort of like, I'm going to turn my my weaknesses into my strengths. And it's like, whereas that is completely possible, I think that it's also you need to show that they are weaknesses in the first place and they do have repercussions and that like character growth and personal development as a person requires facing those problems. And I think that that's part of what makes a good story as well. The perfect hero is a boring hero. I've always thought that if you have a perfect hero in a story, that they are almost begging for sort of to be corrupted or to be defeated something to bring them down a peg, something to make them reflect upon themselves. We see more of ourselves in the flaws of the characters we read than in maybe their sort of greater actions. I just want to go back to a point you made. You've got this reader in mind, but then if there's something you want to do that doesn't fit with that, then you just want to do it anyway. Now, I would urge caution with that. The reason I'm getting you to think about a reader in this kind of vague sense is it's almost like... um thinking of it in terms of genre, like if you were doing a post-apocalyptic story, then to suddenly have a really long bit about bioterrorism or cybercrime or something, like just kind of yeah. slap bang in the middle because you thought it was cool, because mm. you wanted to write that. But it doesn't fit the story, and it doesn't fit the audience, then you're going to be doing a disservice to the story and the reader. It's just about having a balance and doing it carefully and realising, you know, there is a phrase in writing where sometimes you have to kill your darlings mm. yeah i mean there might be a bit of dialogue that you just think oh this is just so good this is beautiful this is the best thing i've ever written but you know what it's not right for this story so put it in a file use it elsewhere that's something as well that i'm trying to get you to move away from is not to be too precious about this i know mm. it's your baby i know it's your story <laughs> but this is why we're focusing on writing a shitty first draft there's no room for being precious about it you want to write the best story you can, and that might not necessarily be the story you thought it was going to be. It might be that, okay, there's things that you'll do in service of the story that will make a better story that might not necessarily be what you originally intended to communicate. And maybe those things that you originally intended to communicate, hey, maybe you've thought about them and you put them aside and use them in another project. But the point is, by finishing a project, and doing that, you know, you'll be able to use these things elsewhere. So don't get precious about it and just focus on your reader. Um, yeah, I, you are right. Um, I think for me, much like you said, it is about ruining the balance. When I was writing the elevator scene you got me to do for homework, at first I was very sort of conscious about what I was writing. And then I sort of, I thought oh, it was just an exercise and it's words that can be edited and changed. So I just started to write and then I felt like, you're right. I think that if you contrive too much, it doesn't work. And also on the other side, that if, you, if you're not honest with yourself about situations, if you don't actually look at, at your work and go, well, as much as I like that, it doesn't really fit here. Yeah, it detracts from the story on the whole. Which I think is going to be one of the hardest things for me. But I'm I'm glad I have your frank appraisals to sort of keep me <laughs> <laughs> to keep me on the uh, the straight and narrow, or at least on some kind do, of. Do you know what? It, do you know what it is, Russ? Is I wish I had someone telling me this stuff because I have had to learn all these lessons myself. <laughs> and the hard lessons is galling <laughs> when you yeah. when you realise like I love this scene, I love this character, but they're not not adding anything they're not doing anything it's like but you know what because 
you writing this story, there's spin-offs, there's sequels, there's short stories you can write in the world, there's novellas you can write in the world. You don't have to see what you're doing now as the final product. What you're doing now is potentially the start of a number of stories or a part of a bigger set of stories, a part of a bigger world. So you can tell a different story within the world, but it might not be with these characters or it might yeah. not be at well, this time within the story. So It's like opening up different windows into the same world, isn't it? Um, and enough, once you've opened enough of those windows and you maybe can you stand back and you look through all of them at the same time, you get a better view of the world, but it doesn't mean you'll necessarily use the view from each of those windows to tell the story. Yeah. 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 So one one thing I want to do now is, I mean, you know, we kind of having a bit of a reflective moment and I, I do want to kind of go back a little bit over what we've done so far. Well, we were talking earlier before we came on and I think you'd you are starting to get a bit frustrated that we're not <laughs> writing yet. And that's fine, you know, it's understandable because obviously this process is you want to write your shitty first draft. You know, if you think back to our early episodes, we were looking at the things like resistance and motivation and the things that block you as a writer and then kind of getting to know your character, getting to know your world and now kind of getting to know your reader. So I think you've now got all these little building blocks in place that will allow you to start thinking about how your story is going to look. And I hope you found that useful. I mean, I, I, found, have. I, I found it useful just to get my head around what you're doing and what your pain points are and you know weaknesses or whatever and things that we can work on and things that we can do to get you to finish this thing. I've been trying to write this story for like 10 years and... Every time I've come to sit down and write it when, you know, the planets have been in alignment and I've, I've felt I've had the, the spirit <laughs> to do it, um, it's always been start at the start again, rewrite the first chapter and I always get to the same point and go, oh yeah, that's enough. I've done enough work and then I'll walk away from it and then I won't do anything. And I realized largely I haven't had a foundation. Everything's in my head, but I've not had essentially reference material that I've created for myself. And what we've been doing over this period of time has, has been building a better foundation for the story. Things that I can look at and go, yes, I, I, I know I want to do that. More so than ever, because of these bits of groundwork we've been doing and because you've been getting me to think about setting and characters in maybe different ways that I'd been initially thinking about them, it's giving me that sort of urge to write and not just because I feel like it, if you know what I mean, but because I want to, I feel an urge to build upon these foundations that you've been helping me make. So yeah, I, I really do want to start putting pen to paper or finger to keyboard. Because I feel like it's working, I'm, I am happy. I feel like the more we do with this and the more of a solid foundation I have, I feel like every time I go back to write, it's going to be somewhat easier than, for me than it, it was in the past i'm happy to um say you've leveled up now <laughs> <laughs> right we're gonna start moving on we've got what i'm considering your groundwork you're not ready to write yet no <laughs> so no. what i'm gonna do is I, I, i'm gonna send you probably about five or six youtube videos that i want you to watch yeah now all of these are about story structure and what you'll find is there's a lot of different ways of talking about story structure there's a lot of different ideas there's a lot of people who will say this is the method to use for writing stories and for me 
it depends on the project. It depends on what resonates with me at the time. Yeah. And what I'd like you to do for next week is to watch these videos. We're going to basically have a discussion next time about different ways of thinking about story structure and how you can then start thinking about plotting out your novel. Great. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I think basically you're going to have to do probably a video a night. I think they're only 10 minutes each, but just to write a couple of notes about them and think about them. I'll get my notepad out. I'll, uh, I'll do my own work. Excellent. Remember, you can follow me on the Twitter. It's at JL Cronshaw. If you've got any questions you want to ask the show, it's John at JohnCronshaw.com. I haven't mentioned it before, but I also do another podcast, which is where I talk about my ongoing author journey. That's John's Author Diary. So search for John Cronshaw's Author Diary on wherever you find your podcasts. And if you want to start reading some of my stuff, go to Amazon, type in Addict of the Wasteland, and you can get the prequel novella to my Wasteland series for free. Or if you're into more kind of video games, check out Blind Gambit, but you'll have to pay for that one. So until next time, cheerio. Bye.